welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. Thus far in studying the subject of justification, we have defined the term and proved from a few passages of scriptures that the ground of our justification is the righteousness of God as worked out in the person and work of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law in every aspect and made payment for the sins of each elect child of grace. Furthermore, we pointed out that the common conception that justification by faith is more than the act of belief. However, justification by faith is a term that identifies the person and work of Christ. This was demonstrated by comparing four passages of scriptures. They are as follows. Romans 3.28 Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Romans 5.9 Much more being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Galatians 2.17 But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Titus 3.7 That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. These passages declare that we are justified by faith, blood, Christ, and grace. In other words, these terms faith, blood, Christ, and grace, are testifying of the same thing, the person and work of Christ. Therefore, the term justification by faith does not mean that we are justified by man exercising faith in Christ. The word faith is used as the words blood, Christ, and grace to reflect the person and work of Christ. Additionally, The word faith is used as an evidence of one being justified, but the Lord willing, we will discuss that in the future. Just as the grace of God or obedience to the law of God revealed in the life of someone is an evidence of a person who is redeemed or justified, even so faith exhibited in the life testifies that he is justified by the imputed righteousness of Christ. It must be kept in mind that regardless of the purpose or use of faith and or imputation regarding justification and the righteousness of Christ, that the payment for sin for the elect being made righteous was accomplished by Christ in his person and work and not based on anything accomplished by man. We remind you again of the truth of 2 Corinthians 5.21, whereby Christ was made sin for us, so that we were made the righteousness of God in Him. 1 John 3.5 equally affirms that Christ was, quote, manifested to take away our sins, end of quote. Isaiah 53 clearly testifies that we are justified because Christ bore our grievances carried our sorrows, was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. 
made his soul an offering for sin, and bear our iniquities. Many other such like passages could be presented to prove that the justifying righteousness was accomplished and our justification was ratified in the finished work of Christ. This truth, as previously set forth, is also identified as the law or principle of faith, as stated in Romans three twenty-one through 27 Verse 27 concludes, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. End of quote. It is essential that we understand that faith is a principle or law, or we will go astray on the meaning of being justified by faith, as did Albert Barnes. Barnes said, Faith is always an act of the mind. It is not a created essence which is placed within the mind. It is not a substance created independently of the soul and placed within it by almighty power. It is not a principle, for the expression a principle of faith is as unmeaning as a principle of joy or a principle of sorrow or a principle of remorse. God promises, the man believes, and this is the whole of it. While the word faith is sometimes used to denote religious doctrine or the system that is to be believed, see for example Acts 6, 7, and 15, 9, Romans 1, 5, 10, 8, 16, 26, Ephesians 3, 17, 4, 5, 1 Timothy 2, 7, and etc., Yet, when it is used to denote that which is required of men, it always denotes an acting of the mind exercised in relation to some object or some promise or threatening or declaration of some other being. See the comments on Mark 6.16. End of quote. That's comments from Sword Searcher Bible Program on Romans 4.3. This brings us to another topic that is often misunderstood. It is the matter of imputation. This is often the case because of a modern concept of the meaning of impute or the subject of imputation. Imputation is considered at times as being the cause of something. According to the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, as found on the Internet, the definition for impute is as follows. Quote, one, to lay the responsibility or blame for something, often falsely or unjustly. Two, to credit or ascribe something to a person or a cause. End of quote. However, when we study the Greek word for impute, we find a different idea. Like justification, imputation does not make a person righteous, but it declares or reveals one as being under the justification of God. The Greek word for impute is used over 40 times in 40 verses. The word is logizomai and means as follows. 1. To reckon, count, Compute, calculate, count over. Hence, A. To take into account. 
to make account of, metaphorically to pass to one's account, to impute. The authorized version, to lay to one's charge a thing is reckoned, or to be something, that is, as availing for, or equivalent to something, as having the like force and weight. B. To number among, reckon with. C. To reckon or account and treat accordingly. 2. To reckon inwardly, count up or weigh the reason. To deliberate, reason. One addressing himself to another with myself in my mind. 3. By reckoning up all the reasons together or infer, that is, A. To consider, take account, weigh, meditate on a thing with a view to obtaining it. B. To suppose, deem, judge anything relative to promotion of the gospel, to think better of one than agrees with what, etc. Account of one above that which is, etc. C. To determine, purpose, decide. Compare American Calculate. C. Thayer's Greek-English Lexicon. You can see from the definition given above, this word does not cause or make something to be what it is. It concludes or thinks something or someone to be either what it already is, or supposes it to be somewhat. You will notice that the base meaning is to count, compute, or calculate. If one counts or calculates a column of figures, the sum or answer does not make the column of figures to be the total of the column. It only declares the value or worth of the column of figures. For a brief example, the value of 2 plus 2 is 4. The sum of 4 only declares the worth of 2 plus 2. It does not make the value of 2 plus 2 to be something other than what it is. While someone could reckon, count, or impute the wrong value of 2 plus 2, it does not change the true value of 2 plus 2. You may ask, what is the purpose for this line of reasoning? The answer is, because it clearly demonstrates that imputation does not cause one to be righteous. Imputation simply declares a person to be righteous. Romans 4 verses 3 through 5 says, For what saith the Scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Remember that the words counted and reckoned are the same Greek word as translated imputed. The average belief regarding this passage is that when Abraham believed he was made righteous by God 
because of his faith. Notice the words of Albert Barnes on Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6. The word it here evidently refers to the act of believing. It does not refer to the righteousness of another, of God, or of the Messiah. But the discussion is solely of the strong act of Abraham's faith, which in some sense was counted to him for righteousness. In what sense this was is explained directly after. All that is material to remark here is that the act of Abraham, the strong confidence of his mind in the promises of God, his unwavering assurance that what God had promised he would perform, was reckoned for righteousness. End quote. This is a contradiction of the passage previously quoted showing that the righteousness accounted to us is that of the Messiah or the seed, as Paul plainly declared in Galatians chapter 3. There the Lord inspired Paul to write about this same issue regarding the law and faith and discusses the issue revolving around Genesis 15.6 as quoted in Galatians 3.6. Quote, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. End of quote. In verse 16, we are told that the promise was to Abraham and his seed, and that the seed is Christ. Therefore, the it that was accounted, imputed, or reckoned to Abraham as his righteousness was the seed of Genesis 15.5, which is Christ, as testified throughout the Scriptures. The Lord willing, we will have more to say about this in our next podcast. But our time is exhausted for today. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard? or just want to let us know you're listening, visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.